0: Monday, January twenty second, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynes, I'm a, a little hoarse uh, this morning. Uh, hoping to get through the podcast today, sounding a little rough, uh, thanks to the Pearl Jam cover band that I saw on Saturday at the House of Blues. Uh, can't help it. Gen X is the is the greatest generation because I put on a flannel and I screamed every word of every Pearl Jam song. Uh, it was a it was a fantastic night. Uh, And a a great way to cap off Guards Fest uh, after uh, spending the day uh, among the the players and the coaches and the fans over at the convention center, Uh, you and I had a a chance to uh, sort of get behind the scenes, see, uh, watch the players, uh, you know, hold the puppies, uh, color on the giant wall, talk on stage and and really just get down and, uh, you know, get their hands dirty, interacting with the fans, playing on the, uh, the, the field with the kids and, Uh, Always a a lot of fun just uh, watching the fans turn out.
1: Yeah, Joe, you know, like we've said before, it's the first sign that uh – spring training is right around the corner although it didn't appear spring training was probably the last thing weather wise on any of uh the people that attended uh guards fest uh, had had on their mind it was 18 degrees it was snowing the wind was blowing off lake Erie. it was a frigid day but it was it was pretty cool still you know inside it was warm because i think we were talking baseball
0: yeah i, I always think of the uh the sports writers as a, a pretty tough and, and rugged group of guys and gals that, uh, you know, that we, we braved the elements at, at games and at the ballpark throughout the season. But, uh, you know, every one of them came in uh, to the media workroom there at guards fest this week and complaining about the walkover because of the cold. And I said, come on, this is Cleveland. This is who we are. I I, I didn't understand the uh, the complaints. You you got a hat, you got your gloves, you're, you should be fine. I was pretty You, you to beat a million of these. Huh? So, say again? I was freezing. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you uh you had your woolly coat on. You were uh, a a <laughs> yeah. little bit uh, chilly. Uh, I'll tell you the uh the Guards Fest sort of reminds me of like a one of those renaissance fairs where all the the people dress up in medieval costumes and and go around and they have their different stations and they all the different uh little interactions. It's it's cosplaying for for baseball fans. Uh the only difference is they're wearing jerseys instead of uh uh, you know, uh, 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 tiaras and swords and things like that. So, uh, to me, it was a, a great, uh, uh, cosplay convention for, uh, you know, Guardians fans wearing jerseys, uh, picking up new styles, new players, new jerseys, meeting new guys. It's the first time I ever got to see Scott Barlow in person, uh, other than uh, on the field for Kansas City. So, uh, you know, just nice to be able to interact with some of these guys and, 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 and to follow them around. I watched Jose Ramirez. Play Papa Shot with a 12-year-old and you know actually lose Papa Shot to a 12-year-old, which is you know something that uh, you, you know, I didn't expect to see.
1: <laughs> that's right for sure yeah it was good to see uh a lot of the guys you know pl- you know playing uh you know a wiffle ball with with the kids you know make pitching them to we saw john kenzie noel like looked like about seven feet tall pitching to like little six and seven and eight year olds you know underhand and these kids are wailing away <laughs> so that was, that was it was it's always cool it's always good to see, we got to see a lot of new faces among the players. You know, uh, like uh, John Kenzie, Noel, uh, Davison, uh, De Los Santos. You know, um, I think uh, Jonathan Rodriguez was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting, uh, just an interesting blend. When you know, when we write and and we talk about the Guardians, you know, being a, a deficient in the power category. I mean, these young guys. They all hit for power. We just haven't seen them in the big leagues yet. And uh, I have a feeling, Joe, we're, we're going to get a chance to see them at least in spring training. And then, you know, one or two of these guys, I would imagine, are going to, you know, kind of make an impact sometime during the season.
0: Yeah, and there there might be spots on the opening day roster for some of these young guys. Who, who knows, uh, you know, what, uh, as we get closer to uh, games and closer to, you know, just seeing these guys in action will... uh We'll know more about what the the roster makeup is going to be. Uh, I thought it was interesting uh, watching Stephen vote out there uh, among the people, uh, like you said, uh, hitting ground balls, hitting wiffle ball, ground balls at kids. And and he, you could tell he was starting to get a little loose. He was, he was really ripping some balls at some of those kids. I, I felt bad. You know, the one kid took one off the chest and, uh, you, you know, obviously Stephen, uh, you know, felt bad about it, but I, I watched uh, the, the interaction was fun uh the other thing that i i I noticed uh they had a a giant almost life-size bobblehead of jose ramirez this was a statue It, it was out in the middle of the floor out there everybody was walking by you know bobbling the head uh taking pictures with it but when jose uh stood up next to it you know it was almost as tall as jose he's not a very uh not a very big guy, but uh, I saw Tristan McKenzie standing next to it, and he sort of towered over this uh, this life size bobblehead of Jose Ramirez. Do you think they'll ever make a life size pointy bobblehead?
1: Oh my God! I hope not, Joe.
0: <laughs> It'd be wider than it was tall. <laughs> well, that's almost what this this Jose bobblehead was. It was it, it was very accurate representation of of Jose out there on the floor. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, the other thing I thought was fun uh, getting uh, approached by a couple of our our subtext subscribers, uh, guys who listen to the podcast and uh, guys who had actually had driven in and flown in from uh, around the country for Guards Fest. Uh, we met, I-, I believe, Mike from uh, Lake Mary, Florida uh, and and, uh, and and Bob uh, from uh, Rochester. Uh, I might have that backwards. Uh, but uh, both of these guys uh, approached us and, and said, "Hey, you know, we subscribe to Subtext. Uh, they they love getting the uh, the text messages back and forth from from myself and from you, and with updates on the team. And uh, I I I was impressed that they had come from such distance, you know, braving the weather that they did uh, to to be at Guardsfest.
1: Yeah, that was really cool, and you know that's not the first time it's happened either. I I had a couple of people stop me, you know, and said, uh, you know, that that they belong to sub uh, subtext and they really like it, and uh, they've been you know giving us uh, questions. We've been answering them, some Hey Hoinsy questions. So it was fun. It was it was fun to get to meet those guys and, and those people, and um, you know it is amazing, Joe. I talked to one guy that drove from. Uh, he lives in Cleveland, but he drove all the way up from South Carolina uh, to come to the to come to the event. So, you know, there's some there's some hardcore baseball fans in Cleveland, or you know that and, and that follow the Guardians.
0: Yeah, and apparently they're tougher than the reporters because I didn't You're hear them complain kidding. about the uh, the weather. So, you know, no 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 big deal for them. Uh, so, if you want to get in on Subtext, if you want to uh, be a part of that Subtext community for three ninety nine a month uh, subscription. Uh, you can go to cleveland.com slash subtext or send a text message to 216-208-4346, and uh, you can sign up that way. They'll send you a link uh, and, and get you signed up there. Uh, so uh, just uh, a lot of fun there. Uh, but, you know, it was also there's a little bit of work uh, as, as well. Uh, we did present uh, Josh Naylor and Tanner Bybee with their um, BBWAA awards uh, trophies there on the main stage. Uh, at, at one point uh, during the uh, the afternoon's events and uh, uh, Rosie, uh, Jim Rosenhouse from the, the Guardians radio network helped us out there. Uh, just uh, really, really special, really nice to be able to recognize uh, two players who had outstanding seasons for the Guardians. Uh, Naylor for his work on the field and Tanner Bybee for his willingness to to sort of accommodate us reporters and and, and win the good guy award as well
1: yeah that was really cool it's the first time i think we've really done that at guards fest and i hope i hopefully we do that you know from now on because it's a great time to do it joe um you know sometimes it gets kind of lost in the shuffle at the start of the new season so you know this is still you know last season still fresh on everyone's mind and you really get it and the players are there to get to accept the awards so it was really uh you know good timing and it was uh you know just fun it was you know appreciate uh, the guardians letting us do that
0: so uh, when we got back to the uh, the media workroom, uh, they, they made a couple of players available to us. They made Manager Stephen Vogt uh, available for a few minutes for an interview. Uh, we also talked to Stephen Kwan, uh, Josh Naylor, Bo Naylor, Tristan McKenzie, Tanner Bybee. Uh What were uh, some of your uh, impressions and some of your takeaways uh, from these guys, you know, this this opportunity to talk to them before spring training, before they they sort of you know in a couple of weeks here they're they're going to be getting to it out in in Arizona so uh just what were your uh, takeaways from talking to the players and from uh to vote yeah i like talking to vote uh you know
1: you said uh, with the players coming into town early I think they were come mostly coming in what Thursday and Friday they were wor- they had some workouts and he he said it finally felt like baseball to him. You know, he's been running around like, uh you know, <laughs> like uh, at at the, at the sound of speed since they hired him. And he really hasn't, you know, there's been a lot of he's gone to the winter meetings. He's filled out the uh, coaching staff. Um, you know, they talk strategy with the front office. He's tried to get to know everyone in, in the organization. But he, he finally felt like a manager. Uh, that's a, that's what he told us the reporters at Guards Fest because you know people the players were there they were working out you got to see him throw uh, BP, uh, throw bullpens see guys take some swings in the cages and he said you know he could tell that spring training was getting close.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that was a, a great takeaway from from Stephen Vogt and you know we we asked him about. Uh, position battles, potential position battles, and uh, you know, two guys that weren't there at GuardsFest, Fest, uh, Gabriel Arias and Brian Rocchio, look like they're gonna be, uh, going to be going head to uh, head for that starting shortstop position. Uh, you know, we didn't even really uh, get into Tyler Freeman at all, but uh, vote seems like he's excited to see how far these guys can go and you know how far they can take this uh, competition to see uh, see who gets that starting spot.
1: Yeah, the, the the roster, Joe, is so fluid. You know, they've got so many uh, players that can fill that position that you really don't know who, who's going to get the shot. You would think, you know, Arias, based on his playing time last season, would be, you know, first in line. But uh, Rocchio has played so well uh, in winter ball. You know, he, he finished, he had a great season at AAA last season. So I think he's going to get some playing time as well. It's it's really going to be interesting to see how, you know, how they set this up. Is it a two-man competition? Is it, you know, three or four or five guys competing for the same spot? But, you know, they have a position to fill, and they've got to do it in spring training.
0: Yeah, and it's obvious that it's going to be done from within. It's going to be, you know, tapping into that sort of, uh, surplus I, I, I don't know if you ever have a surplus but that wealth of uh, you know talent in the the middle infield shortstop position you know there's there's a number of guys even beyond just Rocchio and uh, Arias who potentially could see innings during the season at some point at shortstop for Cleveland so you know who knows uh, but right now it looks like those are the two uh, lead dogs in that competition. And and uh, can't wait to get to to Arizona to see you know who's gonna gonna come out ahead in that. Um, the other big question, sort of Stephen vote was asked about uh, was the health of Tristan McKenzie. Uh, you know, uh, Shane Bieber sort of answered his questions about you know the health and coming back and 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 how his arm was feeling at the end of the year. Uh, the big worry and the big concern uh, because you've got Tristan McKenzie sort of avoiding that. Uh, major reconstructive surgery on his elbow. Uh, you know, just are the, is there going to be an approach to how they handle Tristan, uh, how they build him up, how they they are they just going to let him go and and see what happens with his arm uh, there in spring training? Uh, just uh, you know, votes answer was uh, you know just to to sort of you know they're going to be very careful with him.
1: Yeah, Joe, I was surprised. I asked them if they were going to slow go those guys uh bieber and and mckenzie and he, it sounded like they really hadn't you know kind of put their heads together and come up with a plan but i'm you know i know and you know they're going to be really conservative with those two guys uh they're not going to pitch early in in uh, the cactus league season which i think starts what uh february 24th maybe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um uh, so you know, I would think they'll they'll th- they'll do a lot of early work on the on the backfields and in some simulated games, and then you know maybe the second week of March we'll start seeing Beaver and uh, McKenzie you know fitted into that rotation against uh, in in the uh, you know the big league games.
0: Well, and and the one thing that Stephen Vogt did say was that he's got Carl Willis there. Uh, Carl Willis has done this a lot more than uh, Stephen Vogt has. He, he has that experience, and he's gonna he's gonna rely on and he's gonna lean on uh, Carl Willis's sort of expertise in this area of of how not to get a guy, you know, blown out before uh, he makes it to the the start of the major league season. So uh, it's just something to keep an eye on, and and how they, you know, when when Bieber and McKenzie make their debuts in spring training, you know what what it's gonna look like and and how long they're gonna let him go. Uh, all stuff to keep an eye on as as they move forward. Uh, Stephen <clears throat> Stephen Kwan uh, again spent part of the off season in Chicago. Uh, again, he was able to walk the streets of Chicago, you know, with his with his hood up and and not get noticed by anybody in Chicago. And I think that's uh, that's just fine by Stephen Kwan.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh you know, Chicago like Cleveland is cold in the winter. He said everybody's got their hood up on uh when as you're walking down the street and uh you know, Kwani can uh can be a normal human being in in the in the windy city. You know, no what? one is uh stopping him and uh, bugging him for autographs. So, you know, I think that's a good thing. Uh he did talk about uh you know, trying to impact the baseball a little more, Joe. It, that, that, and uh you know, I was interested to hear that. Trying to hit the ball harder, trying to take a few more chances um by driving the ball and I think he knows that's something, you know, that he would like to add to his game.
0: Yeah, that's uh it, it was interesting to hear him him say that. And almost like uh you know, he he's he almost said uh if he if he gets more, makes a few more outs or if he makes a few more swing and miss you know uh, appearances at the plate, then you know that might be okay as long as there's a payoff with some sort of uh, increase in power, and we should we should hopefully start to see that from Stephen Kwan uh, as 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 he enters his third year and 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 starts to grow into that. You know we always heard uh, Tito say, you know these these guys will grow into their power, and this is an opportunity and a and sort of the timing of it for Kwan to do that. So you know it's uh, another thing to just look sort of look forward to. Uh, Tanner Bybee was there and, and Tanner Bybee, uh, to me, I don't know about you, but just seemed a lot more comfortable, a lot more relaxed than we've ever seen him, uh, you know, in a post game or, or whatever. Uh, this was his first guards fest at this time last year, you know, he wasn't even necessarily on the radar for, for having the the sort of impact on the the roster that he did during his rookie year. But, uh, you know, now he's, he's sort of uh, taking it all in and, and, and enjoying the experience. And I think, uh, I think Guardsfest Fest was a good time for Tanner Bybee. Yeah, it was. it's good to be Tanner Bybee, I think, Joe. I mean, <laughs>
1: fi- <laughs> was he 23, 24, finished second in, uh, in the American League Rookie of the Year balloting, won 10 games last season. Uh, you know, he's he's on the upswing, and uh, he seemed to be in, enjoying himself. Um, yeah, 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 he see, definitely seemed to be enjoying himself, and uh,
0: I think he's excited about this season we did uh we did get a chance to talk to Bo Naylor, uh as, and he uh he talked about patience and and that being the the biggest area where where he sort of improved during the uh, uh you know the, during the course of last season and uh, after his arrival in the big leagues to sort of the end where that that switch sort of flipped uh towards the the month of september there uh just the the, the patience and and you know his willingness to to take on all of the burden of what being a number one catcher is going to be and what it's going to mean. Uh, the, the one thing he's got going for him is there is no shortage of catching experience on the roster uh, and on the coaching staff around him uh, this year as he heads into his first year as the number one guy.
1: Oh, for sure. This is uh, the, the college of catchers, you would say. I mean, vote is a catcher. Sandy Alomar is a catcher. Uh, Craig Albernaz, the bench coach. Is a catcher, um, so he's going to have a lot of uh, help. You've you've got uh, Austin Hedges, you know, that was brought in specifically to to work with uh, with Bo. So he's going to have a lot of sounding boards, a lot of guys to uh, bounce ideas off, and uh, you know, a lot of people to turn to if he's you know if he's struggling in some aspect of the game.
0: Yeah, you mentioned Austin Hedges. He was uh, absent from Guards Fest, uh, certainly. Uh, you know, that that was a, a missing quality or a missing element there from uh, uh, from the event because uh, he definitely brings a lot of energy. And and pretty much everybody we talked to said that uh, having Hedgie back on the roster this year is going to be very helpful uh, and and just sort of be uh, a boost for this club, uh, especially when, when we know there are going to be down times. So, uh, you know, with Hedgie in, in, in the clubhouse, it should be a lot of fun. Finally, we get to... Uh, to Josh Naylor, uh, we talked to to Josh after just an outstanding season for him uh, at the plate. Uh, probably, uh, you know, the the missing the month of August with the injury to the oblique uh, really cost him a, a, a shot at uh, you know some sort of some more sort of accolades throughout the season uh, at, at the end of the year. But uh, I don't think Josh is is really concerned about accolades or awards or, or recognition or anything like that. Uh, this was a guy who. You know, talked about, uh, he says all the right things when it comes to, uh, team first. And, and he did that again on, on Saturday.
1: Yeah. Joe, he's, he's an impressive guy. He's an interesting guy. Um, I, the thing I liked about uh, listening to Josh is, you know, he spent a lot of time this off season with uh, Bo, his younger brother, and his and his other younger brother, a uh, Miles, so, you know, who was a high draft pick of the uh, A's last season. So the three of them have been working out together. And he said, we've been working out in Canada. We've been working out in Arizona and we've been working out in Arizona. He said, wherever it sounded like Joe, it sounded like they were wherever they could find a field. They were, they were, they were on the move, you know? Right. So, but, and the interesting thing was, you know, Bowen and, and Josh are left-handed hitters. Miles is a, a right-handed hitter and they're trying to get miles ready for his first, you know, Dive into uh, first, you know, spring training, and uh, they're they're having they were trying to decipher his swing compared to their swing, and they were like comparing notes. And I think they had I don't know if they they were all on the same page, but it was it was fun to hear that you know those three brothers are so close and are really working working together.
0: Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting because you know Josh said because Bo and Josh you know play for the Guardians, they can both use the they can have workouts at the guardians training facility, but miles is sort of on the outside looking in. He can't work out with them there. So they would, you know, work out together at the guardians facility and then go and go somewhere where they could hit with miles, you know, at at a a high school field or somewhere else, uh, some other, uh, you know, batting facility around Arizona or in Florida or up in Canada where they were all together. So, uh, it's just, it it makes it easier when all three of them can can practice or or work out in the same place uh but when Bo and and Josh are together with the Guardians you know Miles is sort of on the outside looking in the other thing I thought was interesting you know uh you asked about them hitting left-handed and Miles being a right-handed hitter and Josh said oh well Miles can hit left-handed too he just doesn't do it uh you know professionally he's and so I is there anything that this family cannot do it uh, I just I I I it, it's pretty impressive okay, okay so Miles is a switch hitter who knew we, we didn't find that out until uh Saturday really yeah, I mean, that it's just like a baseball family. Just think
1: about how much travel their parents had to do, you know, while these guys were growing up. I mean, I'm sure they were on travel teams. They're probably driving all over the United States and Canada. So that that's, it's a cool story.
0: Well, and you remember, uh, they, uh, you know, when they were with the Canadian Junior National Team, all three of them played with it. Uh, you know, that team would go down to uh, the Dominican and play against – uh, you know, Dominican junior teams, uh, in, in for the summer. So, I mean, they were, they, they've put it, they probably logged quite a bit of travel mileage, uh, over the years to accommodate their baseball life. Um, speak, uh, not, not, not speaking about baseball life, but speaking about food and drink, uh, if you're a big fan of, uh, food and drink and Quincy, I, I know you like your food. You like your drink. Uh, <laughs> you, you sort of remind me of uh, Jason Kelsey last night at the, uh, at the bills and uh, uh chiefs game and i don't know if you saw that jason kelsey jumping out of his suite, shirtless and no. uh, <laughs> pounding beers with the bills fans uh yeah. you know real man of the people sort of stuff uh, uh jason kelsey right now is living his best life and he is going to be able to, to to pick what he does uh in, in terms of a future career but just uh you know outstanding to see uh, jason enjoying all that and if you enjoy food and drink uh, we're sort of breaking new ground with our uh, our new podcast about dining and drinking in Greater Cleveland. Uh it's a podcast on Cleveland.com hosted by Josh Duke, uh Alex Darris, uh, and uh you know, they have um uh, other experts join them at, at different times. Our beer guy, Mark Bona, uh Entertainment, Paris Wolf, Pete Shikarian, uh they they all join in on this podcast. It's a lot of fun to listen to. Uh, it's called Dine Drink C L E, and you can find it anywhere you download podcasts. Uh, you should definitely give it a listen. Uh, I'm getting all of my tips about where to go out and uh, and hang out uh, in in Cleveland and all the new hot spots there, uh, the latest. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, a night at the House of Blues on Saturday uh, after Guards Fest to to sort of you know let it all hang out and and jam out with Pearl Jam was the uh, uh, Pearl Jam cover band. I'm sorry uh that that was a lot of fun uh and and I'm paying the price for it because my my voice is a little bit hoarse right now and it's uh uh going to be interesting how I get through the rest of this week on a podcast but but Hoindsey, uh where where where's the last place you went out in Cleveland and got a, a a decent meal or or you know that we would be talking about on this podcast Oh, boy, Joe, uh.
1: <laughs>
0: I don't know, man, the Winking Lizard, that's, <laughs> yes. that's my uh, speed. <laughs> that's the, uh, Hoinsey and the World Tour of Beers at the Winking Lizard, that'll be, uh, on the next podcast, that's, that's why, you wonder why the, uh, the, the Dine, Drink, CLE podcast doesn't, uh, call Hoinsey up and ask him for, <laughs> for recommendations, he'd probably be better served, now, uh, on the road, we've talked a, quite a bit about dining and drinking on the road, so, uh, you know, nothing beats slows in, uh, in Detroit for a, a good night out with the writers. So we'll, uh, we'll have to go out there and, and talk about barbecue next time we, uh, we, we get approached by the dine and drink CLE podcast. Um, Hey, uh, the, uh, hall of fame voting is about set to be revealed. Uh, tomorrow is the big day. Tomorrow's also the, uh, the greater Cleveland sports awards. So another uh, chance to interact with some of these folks from the guardians and, uh you know the the luminaries of of Cleveland sports so uh you know we're we're sort of on the on the edge of our seats right now waiting for all this to 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 come up uh, uh who do you think uh gets in tomorrow when the uh, the votes announced
1: Joe, i think uh you know adrian beltrade definitely uh is a first ballot guy uh, it seems like joe mauer is uh, trending that way uh you know i i think uh um uh billy wagner is close Todd Helton, you know, I think we could have maybe four or five guys uh, get in uh, 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 on this ballot and we'll know tomorrow.
0: Do you think Sheffield makes
1: it? Sheffield's at 50%. Okay, so he's a a
0: little
1: far off. You know, he was at 50% at the end of last season on the ballot, but he's got a lot of momentum. I'd be surprised if he made it. This is his last year in a ballot, but uh, I think he's going to come close. I think he's going to get a considerable bump in the voting.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking four guys. I'm thinking Beltray, uh, Maurer, Helton, and Wagner are uh, are good to go, uh, and and I think uh, Carlos Beltran might make a jump as well, but uh, but but fall short. So uh, keep an eye on that. All right, that's going to wrap it up for today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Uh, we will check in uh, again with you on Tuesday, and Jose, uh, we'll we'll talk to you then. All right, Joe.